0: Welcome to Beyond Damascus, the show where encounter meets mission. You're listening on EWTN Radio or St. Gabriel Radio. Beyond Damascus is
1: carried across the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. So, <clears throat> we, we often have characters in our ministry, like from youth ministry and stuff like that. One of the early characters was Aaron turning into a superhero. Instead of Superman, he was Old Man Man. With all of the powers inherent. And being an old man, yeah, and unfortunately, his old man character was a very bitter, angry. Could you just, for our audience, no, just give no, 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 one so. one example of? But what... I will say,
0: if you go, if you go to Damascus Night Live, you can you can watch the reruns. But has and, this uh, to do with repentance because because I, I gave a, I gave a monologue about my favorite season of the year being Lent.
2: Oh, <laughs> that would just... be fitting for old man man <laughs> <laughs> because he loves repentance, the, the taste of ashes and sorrow. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay, let's pray. In the name of oh, the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Uh, Jesus, we, we love you. Um, we love you, Lord, and we love how opportunities for repentance are opportunities for relationship with you. Lord, teach us the meaning of what it, of what it uh, takes to turn around so that we can um, come back into right relationship with you. Jesus, I pray that even in the course of today's conversation, that hearts will be inspired to return to you. Lord, that we will receive um, the conviction that you speak when your Holy Spirit comes to encounter our hearts. Uh, Lord, move in power. Pray that these words would, uh, would pierce our hearts mm-hmm. and that, uh, that Lord, your, your purpose in every opportunity for a podcast or for formation would always be return and relationship. In Jesus' name, Amen. Amen. In the 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 Father, the Son, and the
1: Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. 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 amen, All right, that was an awesome prayer. Thanks. Um, Let's just start with um, kind of a conversation on what is repentance. (laughs) Like when when we when we talk about repentance, what are we talking about?
2: Yeah, I I think the first thing I (laughs) I think of whenever I hear that question is that we we need to redefine the bounds of repentance. Like I think that oftentimes the reason that repentance becomes something that old man, man loves or like the reason that re- the, <laughs> re- exactly. <laughs> the reason that like, I, I think repentance gets a bad rap is because it's always heard in the context of like a fire and brimstone type conversation mm-hmm. that you need to repent or you will burn like yeah. similar to that type of messaging. And I think that it, it does repentance a disservice because like that's not where the bounds of repentance stop. They yeah. actually go in. Like if we just take the those artificial, I don't know, walls or um, barriers out and see how far repentance goes. Of course, like there's a context whereby repentance leads us to not face eternity without God, which is yeah. great, important, really, really good, right? <laughs> yeah. But there's also a place where repentance goes into these other areas of our life. And um, yeah, and I, I know that so many of our listeners have probably heard this before, and I know we've talked about this before, but um, repentance, there's, there's so many ways that you can actually take the derivative of repentance and translate it. And one of the translations is to turn, yeah. right? That, that like, right now I'm facing this way, and the Lord in His infinite goodness will give me opportunities in my life to turn, yeah. to shift my lens, to shift my frame of reference, to look in a different direction. Because yeah. when I look in a different direction, I see the infinite God differently, And that's really important. And I also see what I was like once seeing as not as important as when my gaze was focused on it. And so it actually allows us to rid ourselves of idols, rid ourselves of like preconceived notions and like all those things. But anyway, I think at least um, for me, that's an important place to start with repentance is to actually get rid of the fact that uh, to get rid of the, I guess, case that we've always heard it in this context and to see that it actually goes into so many more areas of our life.
1: Yeah, it's a, it's beautiful because usually we, it's in our minds. It is the bad news that precedes the good news, but it's actually mm-hmm. the very first word of the good news. Yeah. That like Jesus says, "Repent for the kingdom of God is at hand." Repent and, so, and believe in the
2: gospel. Yeah, like all it, of it is.
1: This is this is the this is the first part of the good news and so what do we see it as good news yeah. mm-hmm. and man like mm-hmm. you're giving us the opportunity to repent and it's that whole idea of the, a turning back to the gaze of christ and, mm-hmm. and i think just if 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 our eyes were fixed on Christ imagine what our life would be like right mm-hmm. and it, uh, like just to, to see one glimpse of the glory of God one glimpse of the power and the majesty and the beauty of God and when we see just one I- iota of his beauty mm-hmm. everything it, it changes right yeah. and the, yep. the uh, you can hear like almost in the sense of like i see your glory and now all that's not of glory just falls off mm-hmm. of me mm-hmm. and it's that just a uh, sometimes it's okay i need to turn mm-hmm. so i can actually fix my, my gaze my, on my, you favorite, uh, my, one of my favorite experiences that I was, I was sharing with
0: a, with a men's book study this morning. I think I experienced this at, at least once a week, mm-hmm. wh- like a practical application for this, um, for this idea of metanoia is when mm-hmm. when, is when you're walking down the street, at least this is my life. And I see, I see a piece of trash on the ground mm-hmm. and I walk by it. Oh, and, oh here's and, a moment of repentance. And, and then there's like, there's, I don't know, Three, four, five seconds—that feels like an eternity in my mind. Of like jumping through somersaults, trying to convince myself why it's important that I not pick up this piece of trash, and (laughs) then—and then repentance is the point at which you stop, yeah. (laughs) And you turn around, and you—and you begin to walk backwards. Like Mm -hmm. it's—it's—it's where, yeah, it's where momentum in the wrong direction has ceased. Yes. And there's a turn toward momentum in the right direction. That's right. So, uh, yeah, it's you know that that's that's like the that's that's the moment of repentance. It's it's where Mm -hmm. It's the point at which I realize I'm driving the wrong way down this road, and I need to I need to make a decision, like a yes. move of my will, yeah, in order to stop the car, yeah. And then the moment, like you're you're dreading that turn up until you get there, and then the <laughs> moment you make it, you realize yeah. you're in, you're moving in the right
2: direction, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah. And your gaze your gaze turns back. Yeah. I think that there's something so important about our gaze, like the Lord. In all the saints, like there's just something about where we're gazing. Like that's why they gaze upon His Majesty in the sanctuary. It's why we have in the Catholic Church the beautiful crucifixes everywhere and the amazing stained glass windows. Yeah. And like because there's something about our gaze. Like that to which we fix our gaze on is that to which our heart is already set to. Yeah. Right. Like hmm. what I'm what I'm looking at. Like and what I'm like diving into. Like that that's actually going to start forming my heart so this this gaze shift like even in that example right it's like i'm focusing on everything else but that but then i turn back and i see this one thing that's actually important for that moment and when the lord shifts our gaze like that it's important for us to actually give him the opportunity to leave our gaze there i think that's another important part of repentance right is that like it would be one thing for me to turn around and to look at the piece of trash and go it would have been better for me to pick that up yeah it's an entirely different thing to say it would have been better for me to pick it up, but I can actually pick it up right now. Yeah. Right? Like there's this like actionable step whenever our gaze shifts, but yeah, when repentance I think, can be I think there's in that
1: way. really interesting so the how do we talk about repentance? Do we talk about repentance of you need to pick up the trash or mm-hmm. like what happened in your mind and your heart that led you exactly. to turn yeah, back right. around? And I think when we look at the gospels, when we look at um the way the Lord presents repentance. it's it's not it's not about all the things you're doing. it's mm-hmm. about the person that you are and whether or not your heart is in the right place. I just I want to reflect a little bit just on, the idea of repentance being a, a transformation of the human heart and, and the mind, right? That um, that uh, in Ezekiel thirty-seven, the Lord says, "I will sprinkle clean water over you and make you clean from all of your impurities and from all of your idols. I will cleanse you. I will give you a new heart and a new spirit. I will put within you. I will remove the heart of stone from your flesh and give you a heart of flesh." I will put my spirit within you so that you can walk in my statutes, observe Mm -hmm. my ordinances, and keep them. You will be my people, and I will be your God. I will deliver you from all of your impurities. Mm -hmm. So the Lord's saying the key to actually keeping his statutes, to yeah. observing his ordinances, uh, yeah. is that we would have a transformed heart and mm-hmm. that we would be filled with his Holy Spirit. Yeah. Those mm-hmm. two elements are critical in order to actually be able to repent. And so yeah. it's almost like, okay, Lord, you have to do something <laughs> in me first like to transform my heart so that I can have a full repentance of my actions mm-hmm. and my behaviors yeah. and my lifestyle. Mm-hmm. Uh, and And the two things he's pointing out is, well, I want to... I want to change your heart, and I want to fill you with my
0: spirit. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's it's funny, even um, this phraseology. So, so God, a number of times in Scripture, a number of meaningful times, says those words: "You will be, I will be your God; you'll be my people." Yeah. And uh, mm-hmm. sometimes it's sometimes it's I will be your God, and then you will be my people. And other times it's like here, you'll be my people, and then I will be your God. Mm-hmm. And I think that um, the, even the way we interpret that phrase can can be meaningful, like you know, there's this, there's a sense, I think, when we see it as written here, that first I'm required to behave a certain way mm-hmm. before I can actually belong in relationship with him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's funny, even in this in this passage, taken in appropriate context, it's like, I will do this for you. I will do this for you. I will give you my spirit. Yeah. I will pour out my yeah. <laughs> my life in you uh-huh. mm-hmm, so that you can be my people. Yeah. And yeah. then I will be your God. Like we we, we never... We never act first yeah. in relationship with him. Yeah,
1: mm-hmm. and I think that's that we we fall prey to that even in our own minds sometimes. That okay, like it's all about me, so I need <laughs> I need to make sure that I, all of my behaviors are shifted. And that's I've been really pondering a lot, like what what comes first, right? Does mm-hmm. repentance come first, and then you encounter God, or does encounter come first, and mm-hmm. then you're able to repent? And yeah, uh, and I I just wonder, like as I reflect on, it was actually like probably a month ago at mass. I was just the first reading was being. Read. And I would usually think of like this idea of okay, first you repent from your sin, Mm -hmm. and that enables you to enter into the courts of the Lord for an encounter with Him. Right. And it was so interesting the first reading and then the second reading, both of them were highlighting encounters, and both of those encounters with God led people Mm -hmm. to fall to their knees in repentance. And I was like, whoa, wait a second. What if? What if it's, uh, it, it's not, I need to get rid of all this bad behavior so that I can encounter mm-hmm. Jesus, but that I encounter the glory of God, and because of that, my life is transformed, and the bad behaviors are gone.
0: You're listening to Beyond Damascus, the show where encounter meets mission. Beyond Damascus is aired on the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network, and right here in Central Ohio on St. Gabriel Radio. You can listen to the whole version of today's show at www.ewtn.com radio slash podcasts or check us out on YouTube or your favorite podcast app. We'll be right back with this episode after a short break. Many people are confused as to what news program to listen to. One news station promotes one thing while another says the opposite. That's where Catholic Radio comes in. This is Donetta Robin of Divine Mercy Radio in Hayes, Kansas. Be assured that Catholic Radio will give you the news from a Catholic perspective and without bias. Be informed today. Tune in to Catholic Radio.
2: The world needs EWTN Catholic Radio, now more than ever.
1: The most original and exclusive Catholic content is on EWTN Radio.
0: This is Dr. Ray Gurindy from The Doctor Is In. You call in and we will talk about what matters to you in your life. We can put our heads together to help you solve the problems of life and to use your faith to get even smarter.
1: The Doctor Is In with Dr. Ray Gurindy. Monday afternoon, 1 Eastern on EWTN Radio.
0: Welcome back to Beyond Damascus, the show where encounter meets mission. Beyond Damascus is aired on the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network and right here in Central Ohio on St. Gabriel Catholic Radio.
1: So let's just dive into if repentance is a gift and we're so blessed to be able to to repent. Like I think if we, we rid ourselves of the lies that repentance is some sort of like this obligation we have to do and this role list and this these behaviors that we have to avoid but instead it's actually part of the process that God wants to transform us into himself I think the what happens in the process of repentance that allows us to become more like Jesus or to become another Christ in this world and um, I think the that whole idea of Ezekiel 37 he he wants to uh, give us a new heart, and He wants to plant a new spirit in us, right? So He wants to transform our heart, and He wants to give us the gift of the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. And we see the same thing echoed in Joel 2, in Joel chapter 3, where Joel, mm-hmm. he says, "'Even now,' says the Lord, "'return to me with all of your heart, "'with fasting and weeping and mourning. "'Rend your hearts, not your garments, and return to the Lord your God, "'for gracious and merciful is He, slow to anger, abounding in love.'" So he he, he throws this out in in Joel 2, right? And then Mm. in Joel 3... He starts talking about the Holy Spirit. That when we repent and, and we have we we rend our hearts, we rip open our hearts, and we we see Him. Then he starts prophesying on the coming of the Holy Spirit. That yeah. the Holy Spirit will be poured out upon all flesh. That mm-hmm. uh, the old men will dream dreams and young mm-hmm. men will have visions. And actually, the same words that are in Acts chapter two at Pentecost are echoed, if you will, uh, well, from Joel chapter three. They're quoted. Yeah, yeah right. So <laughs> one, yeah, you know, someone always says Lou Angle. He always says that Joel two uh precedes acts to uh, acts 2 right mm-hmm. that we receive the outpoint of the Holy Spirit when we rip open our hearts first and the Lord wants to start this process of transformation through yeah. this idea of Rending our hearts, Aaron. What does it mean to like like rend your heart, or what comes to mind? I actually did a little research. on Oh yeah,
0: <laughs> <laughs> Now we were talking before the show. Uh, there's a great scholarly article written <laughs> on the rending of the hearts in scripture, but uh, it's funny, you know uh, the the idea of rending your garments. Um, it refers back to it that that what we wear on the outside reflects our interior assignment, our interior yeah. disposition. So, especially in ancient Israel, you know, you you see how um, in in Exodus, when when the Lord is taking such diligent care to communicate what the construction and design of the temple mm-hmm. and the articles of clothing that the priests will wear, it's because it's because what what is reflected on the outside should be a reflection of our interior mm-hmm. priority. Mm-hmm. So. Um, In scripture, in in ancient times, like in in Israel tradition, Israelite tradition, when you, when you rend your garments, it's actually a sign of, I'm, I'm tearing open the deepest part of me Mm -hmm. to actually allow the Lord to do the work. You know, um, it's kind of, it's kind of gross and messy, but, but like. When when you require heart surgery, your chest has to
1: be yeah, opened. Yeah, I know yeah. that's what I say. When I hear rend your heart, that's exactly what I picture. This idea of ripping open the chest and your heart. Yeah.
2: Well, it exposes something, right? Like whenever whenever I rend my garments or my heart, it exposes something that 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 would be vulnerable to expose. Yep. Right. And I, I think that that's that's the beauty of repentance, is that it actually teaches us that with the Lord, when we expose the most vulnerable places of ourselves, yeah. he shows up, he's tender, he's caring, and he does good work. Yeah, And I think that that's super important because like, the reality is when I rend something and when I rid myself of something, something else will take up residence there. Yeah. Jesus talks about that in the gospels, right? That we need to be careful when we, when we deliver someone of one demon to make sure that the Holy Spirit is the one that comes yeah. in behind that, that actually like... A vacant place will be filled by something, Mm -hmm. and we want it to be filled by the Lord. And so when we open that in repentance, we can be sure that the Lord in his promise Mm -hmm. will fill that vacancy with his Holy Spirit, because we always use that language like um, that the Lord wants to reside within us, that the Lord wants to take up residence in us, that the Lord is alive inside of you. What does any of that mean? Well, That means that I've actually made a place available to him, and he's come up and take residence and taken residence there and yeah. that so it requires this like opening and this ridding so that there's space and capacity for him. So, which has to happen every time we pray. <laughs> so, yes, So yes, like, yes, shouldn't be a once repentance yes.
1: isn't like, okay, I repented and now I'm done. It's right. literally like Repented that time, one time. Yeah, when I go to prayer, I'm opening my heart and I'm I'm being exposed. Lord, what's what what hasn't been purified yes, yet? Yeah. What hasn't been cleansed, what hasn't been, and, and as we go deeper into the heart of God, the Lord actually reveals more mm-hmm. in, in ourselves that needs to be transformed. I love Jesus. It's like in the Sermon of the it's so beautiful. What happens in the Gospels that Jesus, he, the Sermon on the Mount is all about saying it. It's on a mountaintop, just like Mount Sinai. Mm-hmm. Now, Mount mm-hmm. Sinai is where where they received the law right which was a gift from God and now Jesus is coming to fulfill the law and and what he does is he just really echoes Joel 2 and Ezekiel 37 where he, he takes the law and he, tra- he he makes it all about the heart that mm-hmm. it's you have heard it said thou shalt not commit adultery but I say to you if you look at a woman with a lustful eye you've already committed adultery yeah. in your heart and he says that over and over again you've heard it said it, the the law says this the behavior says this uh, but that's he's like that but that's that's not what but I say to you that's the letter I, yeah, here's like, the spirit. Yeah, I'm not after the law like I'm not after just the behavior. I'm after the transformed heart and yeah. uh and I that he's he's just diving into how can I help you transform your heart? And yep. then he even echoes that even more with like the Pharisees, right? Like I always feel bad for the Pharisees. It's like what, like, like man, they were like trying their like they were like like trying sure. to keep the law, right? Yeah, like, yeah, 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 yeah. And yeah. Jesus just at them. But I think the reason he was at them wasn't because they were just fixated on the yeah. law, because Joseph was fixated on the no, law. The like law Joseph the was a righteous matters. man, right? Jesus yes. was a righteous man, and so the righteousness meant that you followed the law. So if we call Joseph a righteous man, like as we do in the Gospels, he was following the law. The difference between Joseph and the Pharisee was Joseph's heart was also pure. Why he are you the following law. the law? Yeah. Why? And the Pharisees, he calls them whitewashed tombs. He says you're dead mm-hmm. and decaying on the inside. Mm-hmm. Right? That mm-hmm. there, the the inside was was this death. But on the outside, you are clean, yeah. right? And you're just a yeah. whitewashed tomb. Why and did we
2: whitewash churches if Jesus? Just, just a quick like aside. In like, the 60s, like yeah, like, oh like the, Jesus, see, uh, Jesus, Jesus says the that whitewashed tombs. <laughs> I'm just saying, like I, anyway, because I'm,
1: for some reason we st- we stopped liking sacred art in the stop. 60s. <laughs> stop, <laughs> stop. <laughs> but no, I, I do. I think
2: the reason well, I want to derail is so hard.
1: <laughs> it was actually this past Sunday, Father, I was preaching on the prodigal son, yeah. and. Uh, his homily started. It was such a great start. He's like, uh, um, who was who was the good son and who was the bad son in this story? And uh, he said, basically, if you look at behavior, you would say, well, the prodigal son, of course, was the bad son, and he returns back to the father. Um, but he said, actually, in the story, the way it's manifested, the 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 son's heart, the, the prodigal son's heart, is transformed, and he returns, he repents, and comes home. And the good son, it went in the sign of someone else's goodness the evil within him is manifested right the the yeah. jealousy the the envy the uh the lack of feeling loved by the father all of this comes out and it was like with well, the the older son's behavior was perfect right all, all of his life mm-hmm. and yet his heart had not yet been healed and this just i think it just echoes back as to like the Repentance is such a gift, like yeah. and like the the older son. I I just was filled with mercy for him on Sunday because it was like, man, like he his heart hasn't even been transformed yet. He's doing all the right things, but his heart yeah. hasn't been touched yet by the father's love. And um and just this idea of like like it's so sad because so many of our young people grow up in a church where we teach them the behaviors and we never touch to their heart. And then you end up, they end up leaving because they're like, well, it's just all about the law and it's the, they haven't had a transformed lifestyle. So I, I wonder if like, just to make the show a little bit more valuable for us, mm-hmm. uh, could we rend open our hearts for a little bit right now and just talk about like, what is, what happens in the heart? Right. And, um, uh, I was thinking that the heart is is it, it's a place for devotion and a place of decision, right? And mm-hmm. I think we should just reflect on like, okay, what happens in the heart if we're called to rend it to rip it open? What what is the devotion there, right? And I think the w- when we think about the heart as a place of devotion, we do two things in the heart, right? We we shape idols, like we we create. Um, uh, we create those things to fill us, right? And we get, uh, and then secondly, we give worth to things. It's a it, it, we, it, it's a worth giver. So the heart will shape idols as a place of devotion and worship. It chooses what am I going to worship? Which uh, is it an idol or is it the one true God? And once I choose that, then I start. I give, I give worth to it. I give value to it, and ultimately, I give worship to it. And um, th- what are some of the idols that can can actually be? formed in our hearts.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So many. Um, I I don't know when you were saying that what was coming to my mind is just that like, I I think it's important for our, um, our church today to really analyze and by church, I don't mean like mother church. I mean like the people in the church to, to analyze like, what am I giving primary worth to, Yeah. you know, because like idol worship, I D O L is idol worship. Mm. I D L E it doesn't go go. anywhere. It doesn't go (laughs) go anywhere. And, and like divine worship is dynamic worship. It actually, it goes somewhere and it, it actually like moves us forward. Mm -hmm. And so what I would say is like anything you see in your life that you get hung up on, I would like to invite you to consider the possibility that there's an idol there because, because, whenever I worship an idol, I am idol, right? Like I'm not moving somewhere. So if I'm getting hung up on something like my reputation or if I'm getting hung up on something like the way that someone is, I don't know, interacting with me or something like that, if I'm stuck in that place, if I'm not able to move to forgiveness, if I'm not able to move, I think that's a good initial litmus test. Is like whenever whenever I actually give my attention to this thing, does it move me forward or does it get me stuck, Yeah. right? and if we can actually have that self analysis i think we can begin getting at idols so mm-hmm. uh, i'm just giving that as the foundation because there's plenty of those things in my life like i i still think there's a huge idol for me of like self of um no probably not self but like perce- like the perception of others yeah. like how do people perceive me like yeah. i want to be in control of how someone sees me how they would analyze me how they would label me yeah
1: and because that's a losing battle
2: and because exactly <laughs> it's, it's a losing battle and not only is it a losing battle but it's also an um it's also a rejection of maybe one of the greatest gifts that God gives us which is a permanent identity mm-hmm. that i don't have to, i don't have to fall into this like chaos regularly like the lord provides an eternal identity unto me yeah and that's actually the stable place by which i can then move but when I get stuck in this, like, I wonder what Aaron's thinking about what I'm saying right now. I wonder what Dan's thinking yeah. about what I'm saying right now. Like, that's not a necessarily a bad first thought, but then where does that go? Is it like, well, I actually want to learn more about this. Okay, that's movement. That's good. But if it's like, I just wonder how they're perceiving me. Yeah. Now I'm getting stuck. That, yeah. again, just in my own life, when I analyze my life and when I examine my life at the end of the day, that's usually where yeah. I see it is. If I'm getting stuck, there's probably an idol somewhere close to this place. If I'm moving
1: Yes, the heart being this place of devotion. I think we ascribe we ascribe worth to something, and then <clears throat> from that worth we make it an idol. And <clears throat> if I give worth, what I huh. my litmus test is often if um, <clears throat> if. Uh, what what am I thinking of when I wake up first thing in the morning, and what hmm. am I thinking of when I go to sleep at night? And if it's hmm. not the Lord, then there's an idol in my life. And hmm. so if I wake up first thing and I'm thinking of my schedule, I have allowed my schedule and my my work to become an idol. Um, because the the first fruits seek first the kingdom yeah. of God. If my mind the a, a, the rising is directed towards something other than God, um, hmm. and so that that's that's a place of repentance for me. That as I see, uh, and I've trained my mind in the morning. To think of him yeah. first, I've trained my mind at night to 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 think of him first. But but when I I know that when I I've, I've got something out of order in my heart, and I'm giving too much worth to something in the world, if when I awake it, it comes to my well, mind. Well, even good first. things, right? So yeah. like
2: the church would teach that work is a good thing, yeah. productivity is a good thing, yeah. family's a good thing, mm-hmm. and but if that's on my mind right when I wake up and I'm not giving that over to the Lord, yeah. Exactly,
1: right. yeah. And sometimes, Most, you know, like w- when a child jumps on top of you,
2: maybe the first sure. thing is yes, Sure. <laughs> but but, no, but even the but even the joy but even the joy of that idol. Yeah. Idol.
1: My body has become my idol because uh, no. I don't want to protect my stomach. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I
2: I, I don't know, though the Lord like um he says offer your first fruits. Yeah. Right? Exactly. So e- e- even like I I guess what would you I I'll ask you that. So like like um in, in that litmus test, like if if there, I'm presuming that would be your answer, right? Like if, if something does come to your mind and you offer it to the Lord, you're you're offering Him even the first thought on your mind.
1: I think it's more of my evaluation. So um, uh, when I'm getting ready for the day, I I go like I do a, a brief evaluation or examination. And it's like, mm-hmm. okay, was was the Lord present in my morning, or did I immediately go into task and, into my mind drift? And if it did, then that's my moment of repentance of like, shoot, I haven't ordered my day towards the the mm-hmm. ultimate end, and mm-hmm. and, and so. And then then you can actually evaluate, okay, actually is there a reason I didn't order my day? like was I was I unprepared and that's why you know like uh, mm-hmm. and or, or have I am I just thinking I mean <clears throat> this weekend I was kind of my mind and my heart were consumed with household chores, right? Yeah. and it was like on Sunday morning I realized, I woke up more eager for household chores, and I woke up for Sunday mass. And I was like, "Whoa, whoa, wait a second. And a Sunday mass, even at the very beginning of mass, I was thinking, "Like, man, I can't wait to pump out my chore list." And I'm like, "Whoa, wait, what is going on?" You know. <laughs> and at the penitential rite, I was like, "Whoa, like, yeah. I am disordered right yep. now. That yep. my my passions are giving an invalid worth to something mm-hmm. that is a, a, that could become an idol. Mm-hmm. And you, you, if you do that habitually without that constant return, return, mm-hmm. return, mm-hmm. Yeah. then that idol gets. If if I give Give worth to worldly things slowly it's not like you start worshiping your house immediately right but it becomes an idol mm-hmm. if i do that over and over That's and over true. again i don't keep it in perspective
0: we, we maybe jumping the gun here too but i mean you, you your heart is formed by by discipline as well yeah. so so the two things walk hand in hand you know mm-hmm. you, i i don't know if there there may be somebody listening today who's thinking to themselves like okay dan wakes up and the first thing he thinks about is like uh a discipline of of god where's my mind where's my heart like that that sounds that sounds a little beyond maybe where yeah. i'm at right now or whatever yeah. like what's a great way to start is to establish a discipline i did this a couple of years ago and it's it's been transformative because it's no longer a temptation for me like when i get up in the morning i don't pick up my phone and look at the news i don't pick up my phone and look at financials right i don't pick up the phone and yeah. read my email yeah i i pick up my phone and well if i pick up my phone the first thing i do is i turn on my my Prayer commitment. Yep. Right. Like let let that be the first influence in your day. Give your first fruits and discipline to the yep. Lord. Yeah. To see your heart be transformed. Yeah.
2: Well, and you said before bed too, one thing I started, it was actually when I was a missionary here at Damascus. And I, I think we just um we have desires in our life to be excellent, to be great, to do all these things. And all that's good. It's is actually funny. I was sitting down with a, a mission partner of mine, someone who um supports me and my mission at Damascus prayerfully and financially. And we were having lunch together and um and he, he gave this amazing piece of wisdom that I want to bring back to kind of the, the idea of thinking about the Lord before you go to sleep. He was like, Brad, it seems to me like in your life, you have a really good tenacity at getting after your to-do list. You really want to see those things accomplished. You really want to see them done. And he, he said, there was a revelation I had a while ago, and I want to share it with you today. And that's this, that whenever you get to your last day and you die, when you, when you close your eyes, the to-do list will not be done.
1: <laughs> yeah.
2: And and he said, you're going to go before the father. And what I want to invite you to is a disposition of not feeling like you failed because there was still more left to do, mm-hmm. but rather how much effort you gave to the things you were able to do. Mm-hmm. And it was just this like sweet analysis for me of like, man, and it, it brought me back uh, in this conversation, that quote, to thinking about my second year on mission here at Damascus, I was like, we're gonna do so many amazing things, the Lord's gonna do all these things through the missionary program, And but before I would go to sleep at night, I, I wouldn't be able to get to sleep, because yeah. things would come up on my mind, and I would even wake up in the middle of the night, and I don't do this very often, but in this season I would, and I'd be like, whoa, I'm like thinking I'm gonna miss something, or something like that. Yeah. And so the Lord in that season actually invited me to do something I still discipline myself to do in seasons where I, I'm really full, and that's that. I actually keep a note beside my bed with a pen. Mm-hmm. and if something comes to mind, I I write it down as an offering to the Lord. I say, Lord, I'm actually I'm actually going to rest tonight. Yep. And this is yours, and this is yours, mm-hmm. and this is yours. And then when I wake up in the morning and I see that note, I can say, Lord, all of these things being yours at night are also yours in the yep. day. But help me partake in them to the best ability I can today. And that like offering again, this offering, yep. this understanding, like repentance is. Is it actually does tie into tithing, like you were saying. It's an offering. Like I offer a resource. What am I offering? The resource of my heart. I'm offering you space. So I
1: rip open my heart, and I see that the heart is a place of devotion. And so the question, uh, the primary question of repentance is what what do I give worth to? And whatever yeah. I give worth mm-hmm. to, I ultimately worship. And so mm-hmm. if I'm giving an in an unbalanced worth to anything in my life, mm-hmm. I, yeah. I become it becomes an idol and I start to worship it. Can I toss another idea up there? Yeah. Um you know you, you spoke Dan about
0: about ordering and discipline. And I just want I want to speak to kind of a maybe another lens on how yeah. people might experience this. mm mm-hmm um and that is just like through our own heart and emotion yeah um one of the you know oftentimes i think that in, like an an idol is the lens through which i experience the the world and the lord hmm. so as as i go through my day like when i when i feel something take my peace hmm. that that's that's the sign for me yeah that that something has like something has a hold mm-hmm. of lordship over my life yeah mm-hmm. so um you know if that's uh, provision for my housing situation next year, yeah. if that's if that's the um, the the state of the financial markets in the world, like yeah. w- when whenever I hear news that causes my heart to skip a beat, um, or yeah. or it causes yeah. anxiety to rise in yeah. me, like that's that's probably an indication that there's yeah. that there's. Some imbalance mm-hmm. uh, in in terms of lordship and, yeah, and where yeah. my priorities place. Well, and
2: it reminds me of the sinning of the seventy-two, where where Jesus says that you'll you'll go into houses, and when you go there, wish your peace upon the house. If the peace remains there, then remain there with it. If the peace. It, it, if the peace is not received, let it return to you. Mm-hmm. Right. So I actually need to, in my life, be aware of where that peaceful state's at. And we know this, like we label it in society all the time now as anxiety. Like, like so many people are like, I- I'm anxious. And it's like, okay, well, let's get to a place where actually we're, we're discerning yeah. peaceful states. Like, well, where is that coming from? And like, yeah. and, and there's so many amazing counseling resources for that. And of course the Lord, as the wonder counselor, like the the Lord wants to counsel that wonder too because anxiety like is an overwhelming sense of how many things I have to wonder about. Yeah. Right. And mm-hmm. and letting the Lord like begin to discipline me on like, okay, Lord, I don't have peace right now. Where where is a mm-hmm. root for that? Where is a place for that? Right. Exactly what you're talking about. And I think that is I, love I mean, that. Jesus gave that to the seventy two. Like yeah. we should, we should do well, well to, to see take the, that to, to see
1: that as an idol, I think is really important. Yeah, because I'm giving worth to something, and it's actually called it's taking away the what God intends. It's taking for my Jesus life. off the throne of my heart. Yes. Yeah. Well, yeah. and I'll
2: return to that, right? Yeah. Like, oh, it's to your point, Dan. On like this, <laughs> this return, like we've heard this a million times. Don't return to an empty well. Yeah. Well, every idol is an empty well. Yeah. So every single time I return and I see that my stocks are up. If I return the next day and they're down, then it's a different response. It's like, I'm returning to the wrong thing. Yeah. Or, or, or if I'm, I'm, well, I guess, if I'm returning to the news, I'm almost never getting positive information, you know? <laughs> um, but no, there is something to that idea of repentance, idolization, worship, because how, how do I know that I need to repent whenever what I'm returning to is, is something other than the Lord? Like whenever I need solace, or I need comfort, or I need peace, or I need strength, or I need courage, if I'm not making that mile marker the Lord, then I, I probably have something to repeat.
0: You're listening to Beyond Damascus, the show where encounter meets mission. Beyond Damascus is aired on the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network and right here in Central Ohio on St. Gabriel Radio. You can listen to the whole version of today's show at www.ewtn.com slash radio podcasts. Or check us out on YouTube or your favorite podcast app. We'll be right back with this episode after a short break.
2: What brings you closer to our Lord during Lent?
1: Lent has
0: been a powerful blessing in my life. It has been an invitation to deepen my appreciation for Jesus' suffering. I've been able to unite my own suffering to His in a deeper way and have learned to say, Thy will be done in all things.
2: Enrich your Lenten experience with resources from EWTN.
1: Visit EWTN.com slash Lent
2: for all you need to know.
0: Are you ready to spread your wings? Wings is the weekly newsletter that's packed with exclusive news, program information, features, and updates of all that's going on at the Global Catholic Network. To sign up, go to EWTN.com, click subscribe, Enter your name and email address, and you'll start getting your wings every week. Get your wings today. It's the weekly newsletter from
1: EWTN, the Global Catholic Network.
0: Welcome back to Beyond Damascus, the show where encounter meets mission. Beyond Damascus is aired on the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network and right here in Central Ohio, on Saint Gabriel Catholic Radio.
1: Yesterday, I was teaching about the missionaries about Teresa of Avila's uh, mansions, this the, in the interior castle. And she talks about how the seventh mansion is the place where God dwells, the innermost chamber of, of the soul. And as as the as the soul makes a journey, uh, I mean, as, as the person makes a journey uh, into the innermost chamber of their soul, the seventh mansion where God dwells. She speaks of that, of course, as spiritual marriage. And she says, when hmm. when you have this spiritual marriage with the beloved. Um, no matter what is happening in the external world, um, no matter what what trials, suffering, whatever you face, there's this inner tranquility and peace that, yeah. uh, and, and and even a joy. And it's amazing because I think. The martyrs, you you read the the lives of the martyrs, and they're it's like their their fingers are being cut off, and their toes are being bitten, and their bodies being burnt, and they they have lacerations all over, and yet they're still worshiping God. And I think it's because they've gotten to a place where they they are in the inner chambers of the spiritual marriage with the Lord, where there is so much peace that it's as as if they have given no worth at all to the things, the suffering, mm-hmm. the the financial markets, the whatever it is. Whatever is happening, the opinions of others, whatever's happening mm-hmm. in the world, it's just, it has no worth and value anymore, yeah. only, only the matter yeah. of the heart, uh, which is really beautiful. So Aaron, you jumped into this. So it's a place of devotion, and then it's also a place of decision. Yeah. And so this is the really neat thing about the heart. The heart is, I think a lot of times in our modern world, we speak so much, uh, even in the church right now, we're speaking so much about inner healing, and the heart needs healed and transformed, and there's wounds in the heart, which is it's true and, and valuable to reflect on, but the heart's also powerful, right? Like yeah. mm-hmm. there is something amazing about how like the human heart, when a mother or a father gives birth to a child, they have the capacity to to love this child so intensely mm-hmm. and make insane self-sacrifices for this new child. That yeah. the The heart is a place of decision where I can decide, like I'm going to change my life. I can decide that I'm going to make self-sacrifice and that the heart isn't this weak, like uh, broken thing, Mm -hmm. but it's actually a powerful instrument by which when my devotion's in the right place, then I can Mm -hmm. decide what I'm going to sacrifice for. Mm -hmm. Uh, I just wonder what, what is the, what are the sacrifices? How does repentance and the Mm -hmm. idea of the heart being a place of decision and self-sacrifice tie Mm -hmm. in? Mm -hmm. I I think, you know, it's funny. We, we,
0: we we like to kind of, step away from like a workspace mentality thinking that if I just do the tasks that I'm going to come up empty. Mm -hmm. Um, But that's, that's not at the same time. That's not always the message that we see in the gospel. Mm -hmm. Like Mm -hmm. uh, one of my, one of my favorite examples of this is, is Matthew 25. Like when, when Jesus separates the, the, people at the end of time, like the sheep from the, from the goats mm-hmm. and, and the sheep people say like, Lord, what, when did we see you hungry and give you food? When yep. did we see you thirsty mm-hmm. and give you drink? Like mm-hmm. it, that's, that's indicating that their heart nece- wasn't necessarily oriented mm-hmm. towards service of the Lord, mm-hmm. yet it was still oriented towards service and the mm-hmm. Lord met them there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like when, when we come into a place of, of it's, it's a both and, you know, of course, typically, of course yeah typically <laughs> of of like that my discipline actually leads me into a into a receptivity of relationship mm-hmm. that when i when I live my life from a place right. of self sacrifice it's mm-hmm. then that i I approach this this purity of heart that allows me to see the lord mm-hmm. yeah. um just and it's just as valuable as mm-hmm. as seeing the Lord and then being prompted mm-hmm. to service mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so yeah it's uh certainly there's 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 room for disorder. Mm -hmm. in, Mm -hmm. in how we do this. But yeah, I mean, discipline is critically necessary
2: in the life of a Christian. Well, and it begins us through, it begins us through, as Teresa would say, through, through the, like through the progress, through the mansions, right. That like actually me making that decision, it might not be coming from a place of the seventh mansion, but it's coming from a place that God can work with to take me deeper into who he is. Right. Mm -hmm. It's that same thing I was saying about the rosary. Like it is good in and of itself to pray the rosary. Yet at the same time, we can also say that as my heart is formed more and more into what I'm doing in praying the rosary, there will be so much more available there yeah. for me. So exactly. It's both in there. And our,
0: and our temptation is to, is to sometimes be like, okay, I've graduated from a lesser thing now to a yeah, greater course, thing. Uh, of course. Brad, you and I were joking about this the other day. Like I, I saw Brad walking in, into the chapel with the liturgy, of the hours books. Mm-hmm. And, and I haven't seen you carry your liturgy book in, in a long time, like five years. <laughs> yeah. right? And, uh, it's just so beautiful. It's like, yeah, you know, there may, I, when I was in high school, I had, I had an immense dedication to the liturgy of the hours. I prayed it every day, mm-hmm. but I wouldn't even say that I knew Jesus closely in mm-hmm. relationship yet. Mm-hmm. And there was like a moment where I came into relationship with him. I was baptized by the Holy spirit. And mm-hmm. I was like, okay, man, all this old liturgy of the hours stuff, like that's mm-hmm. for, that's for wimps. <laughs> now, now that, I've got this come now, the spirit, spirit, now right? I've got this deep, intimate relationship with Jesus. And, and you know what? Guess what? Uh whether it's a week or six months or or a yes. year or two in, yeah. and and the Lord Jesus says, Okay, like now we've now we've approached
2: a place of intimacy. Guess what? Yeah. I've got I've got right. something else to teach right. you. Yeah, well, it's in discipline. To me, yes, exactly. <laughs> well, and it seems to me too, and I, I think um yeah, I have one thought off of that and then and then a thought off of what you were saying, Dan, is like And then hey, another thought off of that. No, no, no. no. I am trying <laughs> then, to keep them in, I'm trying to keep them in order in my head. No, no, no. They'll be together. <laughs> but no, it see, it seems to me though that like our our process of repentance and of relationship with the Lord is always a returning to what was at the beginning. Yeah. So every time we feel like we graduated, it's actually Amazing for me to see how the Lord every time I take a step in my walk with Him actually returns me to something. Yeah, it's it's almost as if in the process of faith I'm I'm going back to the beginning. So He'll bring back the Rosary into my life and the Liturgy of the Hours and all these amazing things that I once did. I don't know, some somewhat in blind faith again. That that's oh, I'm not saying that that's bad, but now like as I'm opening it, and I'm reading the Psalms and even chant, chanting it like just interiorly. Just like, oh my goodness, this is powerful. Like this morning prayer psalm is insane. And like just the way that the Lord continues to bring us back to himself. And then from that place too, I think to your um, previous point, Dan, from the fullness of the heart, the mouth speaks. Mm-hmm. So it could be said that every decision I'm making vocally is coming from a place in my heart. Yep. And what is my heart full of? Yep. Like when I make a decision, when I make the decision to speak to Aaron or to Dan in a particular way, whether it's strong or indifferent or whatever, like wh- what is filling my heart yeah. that brings me to speak that mm-hmm. way and make that decision or to say yes or no, or, or all the other things. Yep. I mean, we, life is choices, right? That's what um, is it? Matthew Kelly says that. Yeah. Says yeah, that? yeah. yeah. Um, life is choices. I think that's, that's <laughs> really accurate. And, and within that life being choices, those choices are best understood as decisions that come from the fullness of the heart, whether good, bad, in between. Well,
1: I think, so in Ezekiel 37, the Lord promises to give us a new heart and a new spirit. And what happens is the, so the heart being this profound place of decision and self-sacrifice, I can actually make a decision that I am turning away from this behavior and I'm done with it. I'm done with it. And and I think sometimes we look to like Mary Magdalene or Paul and these great, uh, Augustine, these great Mm -hmm. saints who had uh radical conversions and w- we just we just focus on the grace right like oh wow yeah. like Mary Magdalene she was so, she encountered the love of Jesus so much but Mary Magdalene made a decision that day too mm-hmm. to walk away from the relationships that that caused the near occasion of sin and mm-hmm. to to form a whole new lifestyle she walked mm-hmm. into a, mm-hmm. a new community of relationships mm-hmm. and Paul made a decision to own up to the mistakes <laughs> that he had made and to realize shoot I I'm no longer called to be a Jew, right? Like yeah. I was a Jewish leader. I'm actually I'm leaving a place of leadership and authority amongst the Jewish people, and I'm going to go and live in Damascus for three years with this, a, this as, vagabond as, group, yeah, yeah, with this this crazy group of Christians and study with them, right? Yeah. That I the man on top became the man on the bottom, and that mm-hmm. the, these profound decisions were made and. And, and those decisions allowed repentance to, to follow, right? Mm-hmm. That it wasn't, it was their heart was transformed and the, the worth and the idols were shifted, um, but then the decisions were made to mm-hmm. actually lead to a transformed lifestyle. Mm-hmm. And the beauty is it's impossible when the decisions are simply through my own willpower. So if I try mm-hmm. to make a decision like, I'm not doing that anymore, I'm done with that, I'm going to fight through this. Like when it's will powered, it and, will fail. It will fail 100%, yes. because I can't live the law by myself. That was exactly yes. what Jesus came to te- yes. teach us. Well, right? you're
2: returning to yourself. Yeah, I'm returning to me who isn't strong. enough. I have to be returning yeah. to the Lord. So the heart is transformed, but it's
1: not enough to have a new heart. Mm-hmm. And, it, and it, we also need a new spirit because it's the spirit's power. I'll clothe you with power. I'll give you a new power, right? That that's mm-hmm. the spirit's power that actually enables, the heart to make true on its own desires. And and so this idea that Joel 2, he pro, he says, you have to rend your hearts, right? And then mm-hmm. in Joel 3, says, and then the Lord will pour out a, a, the Spirit upon all flesh. Yeah. And and a church that's only concerned about behaviors, but isn't concerned about the mm-hmm. Holy Spirit, it, it, it forms a people who strive to live a repentance that's based off of willpower as opposed mm-hmm. to spirit power. And that is simply slavery. Willpower mm-hmm. spirituality is slavery. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's the law. It's exactly what Jesus Christ came to free us from. Mm-hmm. Spirit-powered spirituality is freedom. It's grace, it's mercy, it's an understanding that I can do all things through Christ who empowers yeah. me. Yeah. And, and and our preaching and our teaching mm-hmm. and the way we pass on the faith has to be so careful here that yeah. it's it's this return to the Lord with mm-hmm. all of your heart with, with the weeping, with fasting and be filled with the Holy Spirit so that you yeah. actually have the power to accomplish the lifestyle that you desire to live. Yeah. Yeah. And and
0: what's, what's so, I think what's so difficult is oftentimes the works could even look the same. Yeah. Yeah. Right. That, Mm -hmm. that you could have, Mm -hmm. you could have two, two individuals who are standing side by side, who both have an equally disciplined life of, Mm -hmm. of prayer or even behavior. Mm -hmm. And one's operating in the spirit and one's operating from the flesh. Mm -hmm. Right. Right. And, and praise the Lord for mercy. Like he can, he can use both. But man, there's a better way.
1: Yeah. yeah,
2: and I and I love the mercy too, because in Joel too, right? That he's merciful, that he's slow to anger, like all the things that come from us rending our hearts. Um, it, it's actually like an invitation for us to see the Lord rightly, like the Lord. The Lord. I just think it's important for all listening and for us at this table too. Like repentance is a daily decision, mm-hmm. because it is so often that there are things that that accompany me. Like, like you use Paul and Augustine. Augustine has that famous prayer, right? Like, Lord, make me a saint, but not yet. Like there's these things in my life, Lord, yeah. that are hard to let go of right now. Yeah. And and I have repented once, but I'm going to keep repenting until you fully change my mind, yep. until you fully turn my gaze unto you. Uh, Paul, with the, with the thorn in his side, like, like, Lord, I'm going to keep returning to you, even with this thing that's plaguing me that I, I would love to be rid of, like, Again, I'm not saying the Lord can't do something miraculous in a moment and free you from that, but if something does accompany you after you feel like you really have repented, welcome to the litany of saints and <laughs> and, and, and allow yourself to go back to him yep. knowing that he's merciful, that he's slow to anger and abounding in kindness, yeah. and then we can really get traction in the Spirit. Yeah. Amen.
1: God. Yeah, daily daily repentance back to him mm-hmm. and transformation. And the, and the beautiful thing is the more I'm filled with the Holy Spirit, the more I'm able to repent right mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. In John 16 and the Lord says that the Holy Spirit convicts the world of sin and righteousness that it's the Holy Spirit is actually it's as I grow in the spiritual life and as the Holy, as I grow in the the fullness of the gifts of the Holy Spirit he just continues to convict my heart of more right and I love the fruits of the Holy Spirit it's just like when I'm uh, when I'm truly filled with the Holy Spirit all that comes out of me is peace, love, joy, gentleness, joy, like generosity, peace, patience. patience, patience. patience. Yeah. yeah, it's just this incredible litany of amazing things. And it's mm-hmm. just not what comes out. Like w- what comes out of me has to be in me, right? Mm-hmm. Like a an apple tree produces apples. And so mm-hmm. a, a spirit-filled person produ- produces the fruits of the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. And, and that's the transformed lifestyle. And that's the beauty of repentance. That's when we, when we can say, repent for the kingdom of God is hand. at hand. Through repentance... Ultimately, the kingdom of God is manifested in my own interior life and mm-hmm. is manifested outside of yep. my life. It's the fruit that flows forth that I become the mm-hmm. kingdom, mm-hmm. that the kingdom, all the fruits of the kingdom are in me and all the fruits of the kingdom yeah. are coming out yeah. of me. Can, can we pray? Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I've just got like this burning on my heart to just intercede for uh, for people who are listening to today's show. I think, I think guys, we've, we've set uh, a lot of really... Um, beautiful foundations today. And I feel, you know, my prayer at the, kick, at the kickoff of the show was that our listeners would experience conviction. Mm-hmm. And my, my sense is that uh, for, for many people who are, who are listening to today's show that, that you're experiencing conviction mm-hmm. right now, mm-hmm. as, 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 as even as we've been speaking. I mean, my heart's feeling conviction that, mm-hmm. Lord, there are things in my life that I'm doing by my own strength and i i can only succeed in these things through the power of your spirit mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. it's for it's for this that we intercede um so mm-hmm. so let's pray in the name of the father and the son and the holy spirit amen amen uh holy spirit you convict our hearts you convict our hearts toward toward righteousness away from sin and toward righteousness righteousness is right relationship with you let us mm-hmm. exist in right relationship with you i pray mm-hmm. lord jesus that that every area of our lives that you've exposed today in the course of our conversation, where we are tempted to rely on ourselves, to work from our own strength, um, to, uh, to work our own direction, to work from a place of control, uh, Jesus, that, that you would, that you would become Lord. Um, Lord Jesus, we, we, we make a commitment of our, of our heart right now. Take those things off the throne of our hearts so that you mm-hmm. might reside there, Holy Spirit, come and fill us. Mm-hmm. Give us mm-hmm. the strength and resolve to see you rightly placed.
2: Mm-hmm. Thank you, Jesus. Yeah, Lord, I I pray specifically for all those listening who you've given an incredible gift of being in tune with their conscience. To yes, I, I pray, Lord, that anyone listening today and anyone throughout the course of their life who, in that in that spirit of being. Um, in tune with their conscience, when they feel guilt, Lord, I pray that you would show them how repentance is actually the gift that frees them from that. Mm -hmm. that anytime they feel guilt, Lord, that they don't have to carry that and allow that to shape how they see themselves, but rather, Lord, that the gift of repentance allows us to take that guilt that the conscience is instructing us towards, and it allows us to give it back to you so that we can actually live in freedom Mm -hmm. and live in a way that moves forward and doesn't stay stagnant. So, Lord, anyone listening today who has a conscience that's active and a conscience that they're incredibly in tune with that leads to guilt at times, we pray, Lord, that they wouldn't hold on to that guilt, but that they would give that over to you, seeing that you work all things for good for those who love you.
1: Yeah, I'm really, I'm just convicted right now that um, there's some people who have, uh, they've been really frustrated with other people's behaviors and you want to see a transformed lifestyle for them. And the Lord's just saying, become like me and their life will be transformed. And just Joel 2, the Lord's saying, Return to the Lord your God, for gracious and merciful is he, slow to anger and abounding in love. Lord, I just pray for whoever's heart isn't gracious and merciful, slow to anger and abounding by love, that you would allow our hearts to be transformed so we could love like you love. Um, Mm -hmm. those who need repentance, that we would love them with a gracious and merciful heart, that we would be slow to anger and abounding in love. We pray all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. 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 Thank you so much. We want to thank our partner, St. Gabriel Radio, for uh, enabling this podcast. Mm -hmm. If you've enjoyed this podcast, we want you to share it with others. This is Beyond Damascus. You can find it wherever podcasts are found. Like, share, subscribe, do whatever you do with podcasts (laughs) uh, so that we can transform more lives through this awesome uh, message. And brothers and sisters, just thank you so much. We'll be back next week talking about the power of the cross. Friends, thanks
0: for listening to Beyond Damascus, the show where encounter meets mission. You can listen to the whole version of today's show by going online to www.ewtn.com radio slash podcasts or searching for Beyond
1: Damascus on YouTube or your favorite podcast app.